Want to help keep the lights on in Anarchy Basement? Then go to PRLfans.com. There you can find links to Patreon, PayPal, our Bitcoin info, and other ways to help support the podcast. Now, enjoy the show. Hello, I'm Matt Bergman, and you are listening to the Punk Rock Libertarians podcast, episode 305. I'm here tonight with Jared Schneiderman. Hey, guys. Chris Bennett. Yo, what's up? Isaac Lindenberger. Hey. And Ginger Christensen. Hi. Hey, hey. Thanks for being here tonight, guys. So, um, yeah, this like whole episode was kind of like like thrown together like pretty like uh, last minute, but uh, like uh, apparently Isaac is is having some sort of uh, like controversy with like Larkin Rose. Like so, Larkin Rose is is, is triggered right now. You're saying? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. So like, what's bit. going what's going on? How did this come to be? Well, I guess it's kind of a a it's from a lot of other stuff that's happened in the past, but. To understand the context behind what so, kind of sparked things off. So you and Larkin of history? I mean, we've been debating back and forth for about two months. And then this, it kind of exploded today. So Uh-oh. to understand the context of this, though, we have to look at the um, hydroxychloroquine video that just aired. And the one where the American frontline doctors appeared and it's being censored all over the place. So you guys heard about that video, I'm sure? I have heard about it, yes. I've heard about. I'm not, not super. Actually I'm not super familiar, them. dude. So, I watched part of it. Yeah. So describe well, the video, please. Basically, what it was is it was a it was a doctor who was claiming that there's a cure for COVID nineteen and that it cured all her patients and it was a miracle cure for the disease, right? And all these people don't have to be dying from COVID nineteen. The red tape around the drug is causing problems where it could be saving lives now. That might be true, yeah, right? Red like, tape is no, somewhat questionable. Isaac, 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 I, I heard that Bill Gates' throat yogurt cures COVID-19. Yeah. Also, Alex Jones has a thing where he has this uh, toothpaste, nano silver toothpaste that cures COVID-19 as well. <laughs> That's got to be the most realistic pitch I've heard yet. But um, the thing what is... What about nuclear injections of money? Doesn't that work? <laughs> I, I, I think it has like mixed effects. I'm pretty sure that that's a thing because like rich people aren't seeming to have problems with this. Anyway, carry what about on. Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah, he's <Right>. all better. <laughs> well, bleach is a good cure too, but um, just inject it. But to be fair, hydro hydroxychloroquine does a f- it it can be used as a treatment if it's given early on, right? But there's a difference between a treatment and a cure. A cure eliminates a disease and restores you to being fully healthy. A treatment manages symptoms of a disease and makes it easier to deal with, but it doesn't eliminate the disease, right? So I was saying that her claims were exaggerated. It might be helpful in some circumstances, but like a blanket cure is an exaggeration. So I shared a post about it that debunked that claim and gave some more realistic and nuanced info. And I thought it would be good because it advocated against censorship. Like, even if these ideas are bad and dangerous, we shouldn't be censoring them because when we do, people are like, oh, look, they're censoring it. It must be true. There must be right. something they don't want us to know. And then it adds an additional layer of validity to it, which right. makes things worse. <laughs> yeah. So that was the video I shared. It, it basically said we shouldn't censor it, but it's wrong is what it said. And it went into the contents. And Larkin commented on it. And basically what he said was, he said, I'm a, an apologist for mainstream fear mongers and that everything that I shared was BS. It was just following a narrative, right? And that is when he unfriended me. And then I made a post about him. But this was just the icing so wait, on the cake. That was it? That was it? It wasn't you saying yeah. like, it wasn't you saying anything about like, everyone should wear a mask or, you know, everyone has to go get the vaccine and we should mandate it. All you said was this hydrochloroquine thing is exaggerated and you know while it may treat symptoms it it doesn't it's not necessarily a cure that's that's pretty much all you said right well that's what the post that i made that erupted into conflict was right Right. but we have been going back and forth for a long time on Hmm. specifically masks 
mainly masks. And we get into a little bit with vaccines, but not really. And um, it was back when I shared a post about masks, where if you people who voluntarily wear a mask, the theory was that they have a higher working memory, right? So basically, it looks like it says that people who wear masks are smarter if they do it on their own. And um, working memory doesn't actually directly translate into intelligence. So it's not exactly the point I was making. But uh, he took, he was upset because whenever he makes comments and posts about masks, I encourage them voluntarily, right? I say they shouldn't be mandated, they shouldn't be forced, but if you can, you should wear one on your own volition. No one should force you to, though. And um, he disagrees with that pretty strongly. He says that, I, I agree with at you least 100%. for healthy people. Yeah, I agree with you as well. Yeah, same. I, I think that it's a good idea, but I also don't think you should be forced to do that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Of course. Like, I, I actually found this meme earlier where it, it's like a, a still from Rambo First Blood Part 1. And... Uh, like Brian Dennehy is behind Rambo with a mask and he's trying to like arrest Rambo for not wearing a mask. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That does sound I, funny. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta share it somewhere. I mean, if, if you're a Rambo fan, I, it, it's definitely funny. <laughs> yeah. It does sound funny. Now to be fair, I don't want to mischaracterize any of Larkin's views. Um, no, but he's I mean, a principled I person. Dude. Yeah. He, yeah. He's, he's very principled and you're trying yeah, I respect to respect his ideas. To, you're trying to explain a bunch of Facebook posts, um, you know, like by memory using not as many words, you know, you're not trying to like put people to sleep here. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, well, the, the main problem I think got into when, when it got into it was the, the core disagreement was that he does say that if you're immunocompromised, maybe you should consider wearing a mask, right? Because your immune system is not very good, but um, no, that's, that's, that doesn't really, I think that, I think that that's argument dumb, doesn't really. work. Well, first of all, well, well, hold on. For one thing, the mask doesn't protect you. Yeah, it's not about that. It's about yeah. protecting everybody else right. from you. Right. Right. And so it's not it's, considering asymptomatic transmission where you don't appear sick exactly. at all, but you're still spreading it, right? That's where the difference between the latent period and the incubation period comes in. The incubation period is how long after you're infected it takes to show symptoms. The latent period is how long it takes after you're infected to spread the disease, right? So it doesn't spread right when you get it. But it does start spreading before you start showing symptoms because they overlap a little bit. So well, and that's part of the, the problem, problem, right? And part of the problem why we are even having this argument at all, because before this, we definitely had some protocols in place. Um, over flu seasons and stuff, people would voluntarily wear masks or not. We understood why or why not. But early on with this disease, we had a bunch of lawmakers and we had anthony fauci telling us all that we shouldn't wear them right and the oh, reason sure. we did that is because um we had gotten rid of our reserve we were supposed to have a reserve and we had gotten rid of that reserve all the hospitals as they more and more socialized the medicine they had gotten rid of their reserves spending the money but not keeping the reserve they were supposed to and we also had a national reserve. Now, they, instead of admitting that, hey, we kind of screwed up, they put out a bunch of propaganda saying, don't wear the masks, don't do this. And if you're wearing masks, you're taking away from what the hospitals can use. They're, they're not going to be using the Home Depot mask you buy. The hospitals can't use that. Even if you took a pellet and donated it, they could not use that. And so they were telling people, don't use it. And they were putting out a lot of misinformation saying, yeah, see, it won't do you any good anyway. Don't use it. But it was all to cover up for a really big, stupid mistake that had to do with money. And yeah, so and now, yeah. Happened. Right. If they had been up front with that and said, we, you know, we asked that people restrict their purchasing of mass at this time and use things like T-shirts and other shit just so... Even though, even if that wasn't necessarily even the case, because like you said, nurses and doctors have to use, they have to get fitted, right? They have to actually get fitted for specific yeah. masks. And if they can't wear that, they have to wear, they have to wear a whole suit. I know because right. my girlfriend is, uh, is, a, is a student nurse and she had to go through all that. Um, but um, yeah, so if they had been, just been up front, but yeah, throwing the, mi the mixed messages out um, was, was disastrous, I, I think. 
And it gets yeah. worse because they said protests don't spread the disease, right? Mass protests don't spread it. Well, yeah, that's and so stupid. Of course it does. <laughs> yeah. you know? So all these mixed messages on the account of the public health system, yeah. well, no wonder people aren't fully trusting in it right now, right? So it's understandable <laughs> when people have disagreements with you on this subject. So, you know, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt when it comes to you know, disagreeing guess, with me on this stuff, but it doesn't. I guess total dumbasses are confused right now, but you know, like any like clear thinking person could should be uh, you know just doubting the state, right? Yeah. Well. Yeah. And well, there's doubting the state. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jessica. Oh, go ahead. Even even people that are really super intelligent, there is no way we can go back and get our numbers back and figure out how many people actually died. We can't figure out things like who was actually sick because of all of the mismanagement. We, we have no way of figuring that out and tracking it. We can only start over. But luckily with a lot of the research, we can look at what countries that didn't screw this up did and take their research and apply it. So at least we have that. And right. so, an intelligent person would look at something like what the Czech Republic did. And I have some friends over there. I chatted with them and asked them, what is it you guys know that we don't? And it's a lot. <laughs> so, you know, an intelligent person can go out and seek information, but we have so much misinformation in this country. It's ridiculous. And of course people are fighting because they're all getting a lot of mixed messages. It's hard not to fight over that. Yeah, and you can scientifically disagree with someone without telling them that they're a shill or they're paid off by the state or something like that. You know, here's the core of the issue, I think, is that we need effective voluntary solutions to get all of us on the same page, right? Because these public problems are what inspires the use of government force to begin with. That's the public pressure that leads to it. Oh, look, people aren't wearing masks. We're not all on the same page. Some people support, some people don't. Well, government violence is a quick solution to that. We'll just force everyone to do it. We need a better solution, something that voluntarily gets us all on the same page through our own volition and free will. You guys have any ideas? Well, I think that at a certain point, because of all of the fear mongering, we've dealt with a lot of what happens is if you go into attachment science, and I go into this a lot, um, and you study that, the, all of the fear mongering directly plays towards putting anxious attachment people against avoidant attachment people. And so you have about 20% of the populace at any given time is, is very anxious and they're terrified and, and you feed them all of this fear and they're very scared and they're hardwired to be scared anyway. So our fear level might be here. Theirs is going to be way up here. And so getting those people on the same page is kind of like saying, well, I understand what you're afraid. Here's what you should actually be afraid of, and here's how we fix it. And it takes a lot of soothing to calm those people down and say, no, we don't have to force everybody because they like to resort to bullying um, because they're scared. And they're like, well, the, the tribe isn't doing what we think they should do, so we have to make them to save them all. And you hear that over and over again. They're repeating that. Um, but, but forcing them isn't saving them all, is it? Right. And so then you get the avoidant attachment people and they are very defiant and you almost have that going on with mask versus no mask. But in the beginning it was the other way around, um, because they were being told don't wear the masks. So the anxious people were screaming, don't do it. Um, <laughs> And so you get the avoidant attachment people and they're going to be very defiant about being told what to do. So that makes up about 25% of your populace, right? And the way to calm those people down is to directly say, here's where you were lied to. And like I just did, and I just laid it out, right? Here's where you were lied to and here's why. And now here's what you can do about it. You actually have to speak two different languages to these people. They don't speak the same language. And so to get them on the same page hmm. is to say two different things to two different sides. Interesting. But you're both, you're being truthful in each one. So you're still being okay. honest. You're just changing the one. delivery 
of your message, which we've, we've talked about is part of the problem because the way that we've delivered public health messages in the past has been conflicting and people aren't trusting it because we're all over the place. So that leads to half of the problem. The other problem is reactance, right? Reactance is a psychological phenomenon where if someone tells you to do something, you're incentivized to restore freedom and do something else because people want their freedom. It's a whole psychological thing. So you mandate these things after confusing everyone you're basically generating the maximum possible reactance and resistance to the message. So, so I, I Isaac, vote that you just Isaac, don't do force you, people. Do you think these things should be mandated or not? No, definitely not because that's what causes reactance. And then it causes people to further be skeptical of the advice that they're given. And it, it further divides trust in the public health community because there is a strong sentiment that good ideas don't require force. If, if we have to force people to do this, why is it so such a good idea, right? And part of the problem that people feel the need to mandate things is because we did such a bad job delivering the message that masks are important, right? We've talked about that pretty much in depth here that yeah. we've been all over the place with that. So I, I don't curious, think it should be mandated. Like uh, Chris Bennett, how does this make you feel? I think it's, to be honest, I think it's a private property issue. Um, yeah. Um, that, you know, uh, as someone who's out in the, um, uh, community every day, you know, cause of my job, I can't go into Walmart. I can't go into County market, can't go into schnooks, can't go into any of these places without a mask on, um, or else they'll turn me away. Uh, so I abide by their rules. Okay. And, uh, to get the job done. Now I've got some kind of agreement with a lot of the managers say, Hey, look, um, I'm already anxious enough with these freaking masks on. Um, when I'm in the back room, putting, putting my product away, everything, are you going to force me to wear a mask? And nine times out of 10, they say, no, when you're out on the floor, on the actual floor, we require you to, to wear your mask. And yeah. it, when you're in the back room, we don't care because hardly anybody's in the back room. So, Right, exactly. Yeah. Right, that makes sense. Well, there are a lot of statists on my page because I made a post about this the other day. Since I started supporting vaccines, I've got a lot of people who support the government and its function on my page. And well, I made a post. Good because those are the people that we need to listen to you. <laughs> well, it is good that we have an audience with them now. And I actually address exactly. them directly. Yeah. yeah. I think that's good, man. I think that's good. Um, yeah. I, I like you. You a don't want to get out. What's that? You like his look? I, I said, I said, I like you a lot, dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> now, bro. Yeah, dude. I th seriously, I think you're good peoples. I wouldn't take Larkin to heart, dude, because Larkin, Larkin, he obviously gets triggered a little too easily. If he was telling, like Kyle Wagner is like just like the nicest dude, and Larkin Rose was telling him to like go fuck himself, you know? It's just, like, <laughs> dude. Oh man, he is nice. It's. it's it's you know like I like Larkin, but that's just like some some, some anger issues, you know. Um, right. Even though like you know I, I I agree with Larkin in the argument on the principles. Um, I don't know. Yeah. You just got a little little overly excited, a little too triggered for the discussion. Yeah. Well, his books are awesome and his work is cool, but th there's a problem when us as voluntarists and libertarians support ideas that are against the interests of public health. Because one, they're not good for us either, right? If it's not good for public health, it's not good for you either because it puts us all at risk. And um, there was a quote by one of these statists on my page who I tried to address the other day. And I was like, listen, this is why I'm a libertarian. I've been a libertarian a long time. Just deal with it, you know? Did, did, you, did you tell him, listen here, statist? I basically listen said here, that. statist? I was like, listen, I know I got a bunch of statists here. I feel like I need to explain why I'm not a statist. Here's why. And they were all like, oh, whatever. But one of them said in response to Larkin Rose's post or, you know, my post about him, they said in reference to Larkin, those most against mandates prove why we need them. Now, I don't agree with that, but that's the public perception. And that doesn't have to be the case, right? And I think if we get voluntarily on board with these pro-social measures voluntarily, then it will do a lot of justice for the party, in my opinion. It doesn't I make agree us with look you, too dude. good. I, I agree with you, man. Yeah, yeah and, and another problem is we have, unfortunately, because we live in this state of society, we have to rely on, on sort of a figurehead like Fauci, right? 
who you know no fuck Fauci. We don't have to rely on him, dude. That he needs to be fired, dude. Well, I I I mean I agree for the most part. I think he fucked up, you know, early on. Um, you know, there's literally video of him saying like, you don't have to wear a mask, like laughing about it. Wow, really? Yeah, it's hard to find now, but I swear I I swear I saw it like two months ago. That's interesting. Over this, he screws up over over various medical health issues. For decades now, why is he in charge? Yeah. So, but, you so, know, but oh, go ahead. let me just finish my point. So having somebody like that who just happens to be the head of some government organization like the CDC, you know, in the ideal society, we don't have that. We have a bunch of sort of competing, which there are other organizations that are NGOs and, and, and nonprofits and whatnot, but we, you know, we have sort of a community of science of, of science organizations and scientists that come together and, and have a consensus that's readily available. That's not just, we're not just listening to some figurehead. We're listening to um, a consensus that's being delivered by, you know, experts. some, yeah, by a body of experts that's as impartial as, you know, ex- as people can be. Um, right. Cause when you have like the head of a government organization, even if he's right, it just, especially for libertarians, we're just like, no, fuck that guy. Like, clearly he's up to something. Clearly this is, you know, uh, uh, a ploy to socially engineer and manipulate everybody and blah, blah, blah. And while there is some of that going on, no doubt, um, you know, it's just, it, it just, it's just a mess, man. And I just, I, I feel like if we were in a free society or a freer society, uh, we wouldn't, we wouldn't necessarily have to deal with that. Well, and you're right. I, that's one of the points that Rand Paul has been making lately. One of the points he's been making about the whole thing um, is that usually what happens is we depend on a number of sources, not just one, mm-hmm. for various diseases and things like that. And we also look at research from other countries. Um, there was something that came out about, about that drug that we didn't get here in the U.S. It was put out in other news organizations all over the world. I've seen it, um, including uh, The Guardian Australia. I think I have a copy of that, but it didn't get put out in The Guardian in the U.S., where it was something like 120 clinics questioned um, the trials that they were doing with the World Health Organization over over that particular drug and how they had conducted the study. They said that the study was conducted incorrectly and that they didn't know whether or not the drug was good or not, but that the study was done wrong and that they would like to see that done again. And it's been completely quashed here. And I think that's pretty problematic. Shouldn't we be looking at not just this drug? It shouldn't be a controversy over one drug. Shouldn't we be looking at a number of ways that the medicine and the science could be used and that we could have a positive message and things where it's like, well, so far we don't know what to do about this part, but we do know that this will help. And instead we're getting told a whole lot of, don't do this, stay at home, be locked down, don't don't do anything, just stay there, we'll get back to you. You you know, it's kind of... It kind of reminds me of like uh, peaceful parenting, right? So the idea with peaceful parenting is you don't just demand that your kids do something. Not that I view the government as my parents, but a lot of people do, right? So, so you know, if your parents tell you, you know, to do something without giving you any explanation, you, you grow to resent them, right? You don't really understand why you're being told this. And then eventually when you get enough, enough of your own, you know, self awareness and, and, and strength, you, you rebel against them. Um, but if they actually, you know, sit down and explain to you, like, look, this is in your best interest to not, you know, eat a thousand cookies before bed because you're going to get a, a stomach ache and your teeth are going to fall out, you know, yeah. then, then it's, it's, it's a lot more effective. So if you have experts, like just to go back, you know, if you have experts that are you know, explaining like, okay, well, we've done a bunch of studies on this, that, and the other. Um, you know, we've we've we have peer-reviewed studies for this drug and this drug and this drug, and here's what we know right now, and here's why we recommend this and we don't recommend that. 
you know, I think ideally that's going to be a lot more effective than just the government saying, this is bad. We're, we're censoring this and you're going to have to get this vaccine because this is what we say. Like, this is just not going to work. Right. Right. Well, yeah. And there's two sides to that too. You know, real, real quick, there's, there's blind compliance and there's blind uh, rebellion. And sure, so exactly. if you just do the opposite of what the government suggests to you, they're still controlling your actions, exactly. right? So if you want to actually use some volition and free will, you got to think for yourself, even when it's concerning something that they advised you to do or not do. Well, yeah. And to support what both of you guys just said there is that here we are and we're pushing masks and we're saying, yes, masks, no to the drug, only vaccine, only lockdown. What we're not going for that we should be doing that we know works is things like sanitation. Why are we not discussing sanitation like we should be? We know that's effective and we're not talking about that. Isn't that weird? Why aren't we I've talking seen discussions about, on that. Sanitation. I don't see very many. I see a Over lot of sanitation is a concern right now. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Yeah, but, like uh you're you're destroying all of your like antibodies, right? Yeah. You're, 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 just, you're destroying like good bacteria. Right. Yeah. You don't want to just you don't want to be too too germophobic. Yeah, it's like you're fucking so, with your own immunity. Right. There's yeah. a balance between can, going outside bigger. and getting dirty and being too clean, you know? Yeah. Well, and we're not talking right. about that either, like boosting your immune system and stuff like that. And when people do, I see a lot of yelling at them about like, oh, essential oils. And no one's saying that. People are saying, <laughs> well, maybe just be healthy. <laughs> right. Well, there is risk in boosting your immune system because the cytokine storm that can causes the reaction to viruses and stuff um, is an immune response. And if you have a strong immune system, you're more likely to die from being okay. infected by a virus because that's the response that actually kills you. So a suppressed immune system can make it to where you're more likely to get a disease, but less likely to die from it, which is interesting. Wow. That's fun times. <laughs> yeah, it's not all true across the board, but it's a general rule of thumb. Do you guys know Sterling Lujan? Yeah. Yeah, dude, he's fucking cool. Yeah, he's cool. I was just talking to him about this because he's been on my show twice and um, once published for the Lucid Truth episode 20, I believe, Agorism in Action. And uh, what, we ta- what he talked about was, Isaac, think about this, because he wanted to kind of balance, because he's friends with Larkin too. He wanted to kind of balance between us both. He said, well, what if instead of calling everything public health, which has a, you know, collectivism implication, call it social health, right? Maybe there's a terminology that conveys the idea more appropriately as to what we're trying to talk about it doesn't endorse you know marxist ideas and that kind of thing so what do you guys think of that i thought it was an interesting proposition i think anytime you say the word social to the right they're immediately going to rebel uh, maybe yeah the, they're maybe gonna social they're gonna health is worse than public health yeah i mean <laughs> you public... guys got any ideas here <laughs> that's a yeah. good point what about what about community community, community health, health? Community. I mean, that's health. communism. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's communism. communism. <laughs> what did Chris? Communism. What did Chris say? Chris what about said, human health? Human yeah. health. That's not bad. That's I like the alliteration. Double H. I mean, just human health or society health. Balance. Human health. Like, are you saying how Hitler? You're saying double H. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like societal, societal health, maybe. Societal health, that's not Society's socialism. pretty pretty neutral, right? I mean, there was the great society. Yeah, but then it vote. sounds like socialist, though. No, society's not socialist. It, it what, is. So- society is socialism. So- eh. hmm. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, I know. Kinda. Collective health, that's perfect. <laughs> that's I mean, not going to give any bad illusions. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a lot of righties. There's a lot of righties that hate, like, uh, collectivism. You know, even yeah. if it's just being facetious, dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just kidding. Oh, shit. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I feel <laughs> it's a terrible idea. <laughs> uh, maybe public health is just, I'll just stick to that. Everyone knows what that is already. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, as long as you say, and it sounds like you do, that you don't endorse any sort of government policy or government enforced mandate. I mean, I think people need someone as smart as like Larkin Rose or Sterling should be able to decipher what you mean. Right. And well, right. Larkin knows I'm against mandates, right? But he says yeah, I'm yeah. pretending to be a voluntarist. <laughs> it's just an act or something. I don't know. Wait, Larkin says this? 
Yeah, if you go to the post, he says he's not convinced for a second that I'm a voluntarist, other than when I maybe am pretending to be half the time. I mean, or like it, sounds, like it sounds to me like... It's a scientific it sounds, disagreement. Dude, yeah, it, it sounds to me that, Isaac, that you are 100% in compliance with the non-aggression principle here. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and then I when, can't when, see when any judging, way that. When you're judging libertarianism as to like what is most libertarian, you're talking about what is most... Um, in, in accordance with the the nap, and and you're not talking about going against the nap. Now, it, what you guys, what you and Larkin are arguing over is is merely preferences that exist outside of libertarianism. And right. For some reason, he's triggered about this. Yeah, it makes me not a libertarian because well, maybe it's because well, he, I think he's concerned with like with compliance and slavery. You know, if you comply right. with government orders, it's like you're a slave. It might be something like that. He hasn't explicitly said that, but that seems to be sort right. of the I think it's association and, and possibly he's sort of viewing like some downstream effects of, yeah, of, and of advocating for that where it's like, okay, right. this will make people this will make people more compliant to the government. This will make people more trusting of the government. Right, and there Which might even be some truth to that, but that's a separate issue. That's a separate right? issue. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Maybe he just had a bad day. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, he maybe has a bad he, day uh... every time I talk to him. In that case, <laughs> <laughs> that <was> common denominator. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, I think that covers the Larkin Rose disagreement pretty well. Uh, he's still, you know, I still like the guy. I just, you know, I think we should be able. We should be able as people who believe in liberty to disagree on these scientific topics with, um, with, with yeah, without like more, unfriendly more people. consideration. Yeah. Just be a little more like cordial. Like, I mean, here's, here's, here's why I feel for you right now, dude, Isaac. Cause like, you know, walking was unfriended you. That's just kind of like, that's just kind of rude on his behalf. I feel like. Yeah. For nothing. I was, I was appreciating our little, you know, yeah, online I mean, thing. Yeah, dude, and it sounds like you can. He didn't block you though. He he unfriended you, but he didn't block you. Oh, but no, he, did, he didn't block me because you no. tagged him. You tagged him in in the promo for this podcast that you made, and he responded in the comment section. Yeah, I, and then but I invited like, him on, <laughs> yeah. which yeah, I dude, don't have the authority to do. <laughs> no, well, dude, I, I would get, I, I'll get him on if he wants to come on. I mean, that's like uh, he said no. He yeah. said no. Yeah, he said he wouldn't do it. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but first he said I should have invited him. Then I did and said no. So it's kind of funny. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, hey, maybe we can make something happen. Like, what if we had like you, um, Kyle Wagner, and Larkin on? <laughs> yeah, there we go. I've had uh, I had Kyle on. Isn't that how we met, Matt? Kyle, you had Kyle, with Jake. On? Yeah, on my anarcho debatism show, he did. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Jake McCauley. Yeah, dude, that that's where I first like saw you because you were like hosting that, and I was like, "Oh, who's this dude? I'll send him a friend request," you know. And, and yeah, that started, was fun. Yeah, I started following your stuff, and I'm like, "Shit, let's see if he wants to come on the podcast." And, and it's been good, good times thus far. Oh yeah, has been. What's yeah. up next? What's up next? Uh, yeah. I think next we're talking about weed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ging- Ginger wants to talk about uh, marijuana. All right. Yeah, well, I, I think it's important right now because we I have... It's important always. It's important yeah. always. <laughs> we have the two main parties are not supporting that in their flat platform right now, and I think it's a big deal. Um, it means that only Greens and Libertarians are for pro-legalize. And yeah. that's a problem. It should be a problem to people, I think. You know, I, I believe in, I think it was in around about like 2013 when uh, polls started to come back where more people were in favor of the legalization of marijuana and treating it like alcohol than were in favor of prohibition. So, you know, that that's like for like over, uh, for the better part of a decade, you know, most Americans have wanted to like end prohibition on marijuana and, and just treat it like booze. And the Democratic Party still can't agree that that's the way to go. Yeah, yeah. The government is really expressive of public will, huh? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I gotta say, like, they make it really easy for libertarians, you know? Yeah, especially when they're doing something that only 
only people with corporate interests support well, yeah. the, the banning of. Yeah, I mean, okay, you look at like the, the fucking the drug war and you look at like all the victims of it and you look at the, the prison industrial complex. It's, you know, the, the, the prison is the modern plantation. And it, it's, that's what they've done with the drug war. You know, they, they, they've, uh, it's fucking nuts. It, we have the largest incarceration rate in the world. And uh, a lot of that goes to, like, you know, people with nonviolent drug crimes. It's right. Well, we knew that we were targeting minorities when we put some of those laws into place and enforced them further. And so yeah. isn't that directly related to some of the things we're going through now? People don't like being murdered just because the government doesn't like weed. They, they just seem to not really appreciate it for some reason. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's really fucked up, you know, because it, it's, uh, I, I mean, like, just as, like, a person, like, like I have multiple sclerosis, and it's like, uh, you know, for the government to, it, it, it kind of makes me want to, like, puke thinking about, like, the government uh, being able to tell me that I can't, like, smoke weed. Yeah, well, and we... You know what I mean? so many diseases that we've found that it benefits now see personally i don't partake i am allergic <laughs> as i found out and it doesn't tend to work on redheads anyway good times but Wait, what what doesn't work on redheads oh marijuana often doesn't a lot of medications don't good luck anesthetizing me for surgery <laughs> i've never uh, heard that yeah i've never I, heard that I'm in my life about, <laughs> i'm thinking about redheaded people i know that smoke weed you know, gingers. I know. Yeah, my my friend, um, my friend Paul was smoking mad weed when we were camping. Yeah, well, and for some people it does, but a lot of redheads can't do it. And hmm. you just that funny little redheaded gene does a lot of things. It's it's a good time, but you know, I personally don't do it, and I'm still sitting here saying I think you should be able to, and that the science says that. There are a lot of things this is a benefit for. There are some things it's not, just like anything. But it, it sure helps with things like ADHD. Um, we're finding in, in a lot of the labs and stuff that with ADHD, it helps those people to not become alcoholics and get into drugs and like harder drugs. And they can then actually focus and behave like in an average way. And if they're just simply getting a certain dose of marijuana, isn't that nice for them? Are we talking that we don't want to support their quality of life because we just happen to think also maybe hippies and, and Mexicans smoke weed because that's why we initially prohibited it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You go back <laughs> to hear the Anslinger quotes and they're not pretty. Yeah. Yeah, and the war on drugs has failed anyway. We've we spend so much money on this for something crimes with no victims, and and then we create victims with our system. And and for what? What's what's even good about this? What's even useful? Nothing. We're wasting. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. It's really bad too because if you just view drug drug abuse as a public health issue public health comes up again instead of a um oh, somebody in the issue. comments suggested mutual health oh interesting Hello. that's actually Hello. a good one because it considers the individual and another person yeah oh. yeah this was nice. suggested by uh uh fuck it i lost it oh, oh joseph Thanks, Joseph. Joseph. Thanks, Joseph. <laughs> yeah. Well, you treat it like public health instead of a criminal justice issue, and you know, just look at Portugal. I, maybe we'll have to take a plane visit there. Inside joke before the podcast. Does uh, that was before we went on, right? Does yeah, that was. <laughs> explain that. To oh the yeah, audience? That, uh, the uh, attorney general for. Uh, I guess Baltimore City uh, is under fire for um, for take for spending sixty thousand dollars of taxpayer money in various uh, travel expenses, uh, some of which included visiting Portugal to allegedly research uh, drug decriminalization. Probably which, by trying all of them. What's that? 
<laughs> Probably by trying all yeah. of them. I mean, well, hey, if it results in decriminalization of of all drugs in Baltimore, I mean, I'll I'm I'll down. say it's worth the it's worth the money. But um, yeah, I'm not a fan of you know wasting when money, you think of all of the money or taxes in general. Oh, sorry. When you think of all of the things that medicinally this helps for, like the MS, like the ADHD, um, there's seizure disorders. I mean, we could go down a whole list of things that it helps for. And then putting all of that aside, so what? It's fun, man. We're not allowed to have fun. Like, yeah, like, like I have this friend, I have this friend Ed Clifford. Fun. Like Ed Clifford claims that um, marijuana cures his impotence. It might. Nice. Well, you're gonna need that around. It, it's that's what he claims, at least. What's going on with his hormonal balance there? Because <laughs> like marijuana is high on estrogen, which which means that maybe yeah, too much testosterone going. I don't know. Maybe it balanced him out. Yeah, he, he didn't really say that. I was just joking around. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I believed it. I could see someone saying that. Yeah, I'm sure somebody said every stupid thing that you can think of. <laughs> I yeah. like the idea of the tampon soaked in, in THC. I think that's fantastic. Holy shit. Jared, ah. Jared, Jared, would you stick that uh, man pawn up your butthole? <laughs> that did. I really, I only smoke. Everything else fucks me up. You're against the anal injection? Yeah. You, your woman is like all hormonal and bitchy, right? You just throw a box of that and some chocolates in the room and run away and come back later. <laughs> Problem <laughs> solved. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, she'll be happy. I am doing. I am telling you this for women everywhere. <laughs> Do it for her. Yeah. Well, you guys know all of us could legally own cannabis right now if we wanted to. We can. Tell yes. us about. Well, tell me all about a, it. This is awesome. If you get a membership with the Oratory of Mystical Sacraments, OMS, they'll send you a letter that says you can legally own cannabis because it's your religion. And um, it's gotten me out of a few traffic stops. So I almost got arrested once and a uh, cop had the weed and uh, everything. And then I show him the card and he's like, oh, I don't want to mess with your religious freedoms. Not only doesn't arrest me, he gives me back the weed. <laughs> I, Isaac, Isaac, which state are you in? I want to say Ohio. Which state yeah. are you in? Okay. Ohio. So I was good. I actually remembered that. Hell yeah. Nice, Can you nice. Put a link to that in the comments. Everybody wants that link. <laughs> sure, sure. I'll I'll put I'll put one up there. It's it's not exactly free, but they give you a lifetime membership and a whole sacrament course. It also applies for natural psychedelics like mushrooms, DMT, ayahuasca, ibogaine, all that stuff. So that's it's, the most libertarian thing ever. I, I think you've earned your libertarian card today. Yes. I, I, <laughs> thank you. And you're arguing with and tell them that <laughs> that's a good idea actually i'll show them my oms card <laughs> i'm gonna okay. bring something just to just, just to say that you've earned it for telling everybody how they can do psychedelics <laughs> yeah legally we can all be registered shamans be sick have some ceremonies watch, for the next podcast watch because of isaac the membership sh shoots up like a thousand percent in the next month <laughs> These people owe you royalties that would for be sweet. Now. Royalties, <laughs> no. yeah. I know. If I, I am a shill, that's who I'm a shill for. You know, it's not the state; it's the the people making sure we can all do psychedelics. Okay, so that's fine, so Isaac. You, you should own yourself, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Isaac, you wanted to talk about free will. What do you want to talk about? Well, well, I just wanted to bring this up because I think if we're thinking about libertarianism and we think about it as an emergent property on top of a lot of other layers in society and the ecosystem of information that we have between ourselves, I think as a foundational perspective, the idea that free will exists is important to libertarianism because if you believe in predeterminism, that all of our actions are predestined and we're like mechanical robots and you just change our environment and then you change our behavior, then that is something that seems compatible with socialism, big government, you know, all that kind of thing. So it seems like at a foundational level, free will is important for libertarianism, but there are some disagreements on the mechanics of free will. But uh, what do you guys think about that general idea that the two should be, are somewhat related? 
I mean, I don't, I don't think that you necessarily need like what they call libertarian free will, which is this right, idea which is that, different than libertarianism. Right. So libertarian free will is the idea that you're the first cause of any action that you do, right? There's no other preceding factors. It's not just that there's, you know, been a chain of causation since the Big Bang and you happen to be in the middle of it or that there's environmental factors or anything like that. It's basically, you know, you decide every decision you make is, is, fully, is fully caused internally, essentially. Bonsai. Um, what's that? Bonsai? Um, but yeah, and, and so I don't think that, I don't believe that libertarianism as the political philosophy or ethical philosophy requires that at all. I mean, you can be, you can have, you know, what's called what you were talking about before, which is called compatibilism, wherein mm -hmm. you recognize that people are capable of making decisions, even if they're not fully caused from their, some sort of internal magical will, they can yeah. be influenced by outside factors they can be, you know, in the chain of causation that everything else is in, but, you know, political or ethical free will is basically, you know, saying you, you have a, you know, it's saying like you have the, the nap, you have, you ought to abide by the nap, you have property, you own yourself, you ought to be able to make whatever decision you want to given whatever preceding causes might have influenced you to act a certain way, you should be free to do whatever it is that is, um, as long as it doesn't, you know, hurt somebody else. Right, right. Well, it's just hard to support the idea of human individual freedom when you don't even believe freedom exists, you know, at all. Yeah. Like, how can we support individual freedom in that way? So I agree with you that the libertarian definition isn't necessary because it's kind of metaphysical and magical, right? right? Normally endorsed by people who are more often religious. However, sure. the compatibilist definition, as argued by Dan Dennett, is, yep. um, and also Jordan Peterson is more realistic. You know, they're saying... You are a marionette of your culture, but maybe you can be more than that. You know, if, if we're all puppets and the universe is pulling our strings, if we see that, we can pull ourselves up by our own strings. And then we can actually, you know, make our future something that we write ourselves. And I think that at the very least, some belief in free will, compatibilism or libertarianism is important for any foundational belief in freedom to begin with, because outside of that, you know, you listen to people like Sam Harris, who believe that free will doesn't exist. He has high intellectual honesty, but also very high amount of support for the state and, you know, government programs and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, that's where I get concerned about ideas like free well, will Marx exist. also believed in uh, what he called economic determinism, which is basically your entire. Really? Yeah. So Marx talked about economic determinism, which is basically your, your, most of your life and most of your thoughts and, 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 and everything is determined by your class. Jared, I'm, I'm going to need you to stop reading Karl Marx. <laughs> dude, you got to learn, dude, you got to read your, you got to read your enemies, man. I, I know. I'm you just talking with you, dude. You got to understand that was what, they're, what they're thinking. Well, and I was, really a, I was a Marxist for like a small bit of time back in the I know, dude. Days. You, you were all like Obama 2008. Yep. <laughs> I think challenging your own ideas is very important, and you should read all sides of an issue, even if it only goes back to support what you initially believe. Yeah, you can but, steel man it then. Yeah. Straw man it. <laughs> but, you know, I think, I wonder if explaining this in a little bit more sci-fi terms might help. <laughs> if you think about oh. things like, yeah, see? Like, You're I on the right page. Or, or Philip K. Dick, right? And they both had a similar premise in some of their writings. And, and these, were, these were people that were heavily involved in a lot of intellectual um, groups that just because you're born a robot doesn't mean that you can't evolve. So just because, did I, did I win your argument? <laughs> oh, that was awesome. <laughs> just because you started out being a product of your environment and being created by a creator and a god and you're a machine and you are a product of, of your programming doesn't mean that eventually you can't find your soul and, and create it as you see fit. 
yeah, you reprogram yourself, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Always talk about the the machine. So there you go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's awesome because I'm glad you brought up narratives and authors because in the narrative story and in mythology especially, but in most stories with a hero, right? There's there's nature, there's culture, and then there's you right in the middle of it, and there's something autonomous about the hero, and I think there's some. There's some real depth behind the actual hero. And if you look into stories, you can probably see this effect while you're watching it. So yeah, I think you're right. You can rise above your environment and make of yourself something more. And that's part of what I think libertarianism is all about at its base philosophy. So I think free will is fun to toss in there sometimes. <laughs> well, and, and I really encourage you to go and, and research attachment science a little bit because some of what you've touched on here and there in different places really goes along with that because it covers all of that nature, nurture, the evolution of you and, and your genetic makeup, but also your life experience. Mm -hmm. And also some of the different um, archetypes of people you're talking about are totally in there. And so it makes it makes it so you have an easier view of the world, I think. Yeah, that, that does sound valuable. It reminds me of the show Westworld. Have you guys ever seen Westworld? Yeah. My wife is addicted to that show, like totally. How about you, Jared and Chris? Have you guys seen it? Seen what show? Westworld. Westworld. Oh, yeah. I'm not a, not a, I, I haven't seen the most recent season, or at least all of it. I think kind of when- lost its way. When you think about free will, like, like uh, Ginger said, in the context of stories and sci-fi especially, uh, you have the robots that – there's a park with robots in it, and people go and they kill the robots because they're just robots, right? They're unconscious. Who cares? You're killing a robot. But then they become conscious, and then they have free will, and then they choose their own destiny. They, they evolve past their programming and make it their own. So what you said, Ginger, was right on top of that. You can be a product of your environment but then you can evolve past that. And I think that's what, honestly, I think that's what a lot of libertarian principles are based in. And it's part of why I consider myself a libertarian because at the level of consciousness and individual empowerment, you know, that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. Because if you just think you're just a machine and you can't help your future, that's pretty disempowering, you know? I I don't like that too much. Well, and, and almost no world religion supports the idea that you're just fated to do something and that's the end. They might talk about fate a little bit, but most of them talk about evolving yourself and growing your soul, right? God is in the mustard seed. That's, that's Christianity. If we think about things like, like, well, I'm Scandinavian, so if we think about things like Asatru, you're supposed to elevate yourself and and gain knowledge and wisdom right like odin gave his eye for the runes you're you're not supposed to just be this this dumb lifeless being that goes through and and does nothing with yourself you're supposed to evolve or or pop culture again like like data from star trek star trek yes (laughs) And so he was, he was made to be the robot, but when he finally meets Nunyan Soon, he talks about, you were always meant to learn to become human. You were, so he was a robot. Right. He was always meant to learn the human experience. So here's, essentially, that's a talk with God. So here is this automaton that has met God, and God says, well, you were always meant to find your soul. So for the argument with people that just think that you're only a product of your environment and nothing else, well, that's not really right. Right. You're it's part of the picture. Right. But it's, <laughs> it's not the whole thing. So I guess to sum it up, I think attacks on free will fundamentally are an attack on libertarianism to a degree. And so supporting free will to a degree supports libertarianism in my view. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. yeah, especially the compatibilist version that Jared was talking about, which, Jared, I was wondering, since you brought it up, do you endorse compatibilism or maybe incompatibilism is convincing? So you mean compatibilism versus determinism? Yeah, what do you think about compatibilism versus determinism? Because I think you already said you don't believe in libertarian free will, which is, you know, not libertarian philosophy. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd say... 
I would say I lean more compatibilist. I mean, I think really compatibilism is a reframing of determinism. I think it's a reorienting of it. I mean, I, you know, I don't think you can break outside of the laws of physics, right? Um, right. You know, these things. I would agree with that, especially if you don't have a model for it. You know, there's no reason to believe that. Right. Um, I mean, if that's possible, I mean, so be it. But, um, you know, uh, as far as, so yeah, I don't believe you can break outside of that. But um, within those constraints, I, I do believe there's what, you know, Dan, Dennett calls like, calls like elbow room right yeah you know i i, I think i find Dan, Dan it pretty convincing i think some of it's uh rhetorical but which isn't actually bad but um you know i think it's a good way to look at human human nature and i think it fits in nicely with uh pol- you know political ethical libertarianism i yeah but yeah, but yeah if you're if you're you know a a strict hard determinist and you just believe that um, you know, humans are just being pushed along by external forces and there's no, you know, they can make some choices, I guess, but, you know, it's all mainly just being pushed around like, like marbles. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely going to lead you down the path of totalitarianism and, and just not, you know, I mean, I don't believe in the, in like a literal soul, but like it sort of is a soulless, um, yeah, it kills you know, up the human spirit. Philosophy. You know? Yeah, exactly. Even though there's no metaphysical spirit that we right. know of yet. Sure. So, I mean, sure. <laughs> right. Because there's no moral responsibility if there's no free will. If everyone is just, you know, psychopaths aren't even immoral, right? They're just unlucky. And then you take away moral accountability. How do you have libertarianism? I don't see it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with that to a point. I mean, I think you can still have responsibility while recognizing that there's. There are certain cases where different states of the brain can be sort of exculpatory for behavior, right? Like that's true. You got a tumor and you kill someone. It's right, not like the same Sam, as if you like just Sam kill Harris, someone. Right, like Sam Harris talks about, like the Texas, what was it, Texas State shooter or whatever that had the tumor went up, yeah. into like a tower and like killed a whole bunch of people. But he wrote like a note ahead of time saying, you know, please examine my brain once I you find me dead at the top of this thing. <laughs> um, and they found that he had a tumor in his head. Um, you know, whether that caused it or not, I mean, we don't know for sure because, you know, brain right. science only comes so far, but, you know, it does point to that. Yeah, pretty so, likely. But, I mean, even so, it doesn't, it doesn't mean we can't have the concept of responsibility, you know, even if it's, um, even if it's like almost like a consequentialist reason where it's like, well, we have to hold people responsible, or else, like, what do we do? We just let people off the hook for everything, and then everything becomes permissible, right? Like, we have to hold to the non-aggression principle. We have to enforce – well, I don't want to say enforce it. <laughs> enforce the non-aggression enforce principle. It, but we have to, you know, we ought to um, – we ought to uh, believe – you know, we ought to structure society around – structure our lives around the non-aggression principle, um, it, you know, starting with the individual and, and moving outward. Perfect. I, I agree with that 100%. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So, guys, it looks like we're like about out of time here tonight. Nice. Well, that was a good talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was, that was fun. It was, it was fun times. Uh, thanks yeah. for coming on. We've got... Oh, yeah. T- yeah, we've got t-shirts can I, over can I plug at, my friend again? <laughs> yeah, you can totally plug your friend. Yeah, go for it. Thanks. Well, I'm I'm helping with the congressional campaign of, of Joe Evans, who totally wants to legalize marijuana in Idaho. So mm. vote for him and tell everybody nice. in Idaho, you know. <laughs> so I'm pretty go. close. I'm in Ohio, so I might buy some potatoes from him or something. But that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank nice. you. Okay, here you are. Awesome. Right. I always forget. <laughs> Does it, uh, Chris Bennett, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Um, yes, if you're looking for someone to um, uh, help with your campaign, I'm getting back in the game. So uh, look me up on Facebook. Uh, and uh, also, I'd like to give a shout out to Ian Peak. Um, he's running for um, state rep here in Illinois. Um, and uh, uh, his campaign actually is being uh, um, uh, managed by uh, Desiree Lindsay. Uh, oh, well, I love he's her. On, uh, the uh, Supreme uh, Team Supreme uh, 
group. So um, look them up and uh, support your uh, libertarian camp, uh, libertarian candidates. That was an awesome plug. <laughs> That's what you <she> said. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wear those marijuana tampons. Full circle. Are, are you so, so <laughs> Isaac, did you have anything that, that you would like to plug? Yeah, check out my my good friend Larkin Rose. Um, go to his <laughs> profile like, and uh, maybe does, buy his book, The Most Dangerous Superstition. So, d- does Larkin Rose have a have an OnlyFans? Uh, <laughs> he might not yet, but I'll I'll, sh- I'll shoot him a DM about it. That'll be the next thing I talk to him about. <laughs> That'll go over well. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, we have t-shirts at libertariancountry.com. If you type in the code PRL, you receive a 10% discount. If you spend $50 or more and you use the code PRL2, you receive a 20% discount. This podcast is brought to you in part by Conversations About Freedom Podcast, hosted by Moral Bob. Until next time, live free or die. That is shed. 